is the True Real Estate 911 podcast with Lisa True. Lisa will share up-to-date real estate information with you that you need to know. Well, it is True Real Estate 911. I am Brian Mudd, along with, of course, your local real estate pro, Lisa True. We have the most recent real estate information for Palm Beach County right now available to you. Many different themes that are changing within the local real estate picture and real buying opportunities are going to be highlighted on today's show as well. So before we get going, if you're not already there, we'll go to True Real Estate 911. Why? Because once you get there, you'll understand it's the best local resource for real estate. And you'll see once you get into, for example, the MLS and the ability to search for real estate like a real estate agent. Now, they have to pay for that, but you don't because it's a service provided to you by the True Group. So take advantage of it. And then when you have questions, buying, selling questions seven days a week, True Group, they're a resource that can help you. So 561-972-8326. Uh, 561-972-8326. So Lisa, as we uh, get going today, it's interesting. We take a look at uh, April's information for uh, single family homes. And there is a story here that on one hand might seem as though, eh, not not so good. And I know there's some individual stories, but the, the funny thing is, even though the market is calming down a little bit in general, I see this as being pretty good news because we're seeing prices appreciate while at a sustainable level. So give us a little bit of an idea of what you're seeing on the ground level right now in Palm Beach County. Everybody uh, likes when we're seeing those huge appreciation jumps, and yep. yet logic would tell us that that can't continue forever. Sure. Um We don't want a repeat of the past where people can't afford to live in the county that they serve. Um, It's always a red flag for me when teachers and policemen and firemen have to leave the county they serve because of the affordability. And so um, we are seeing that prices are still going up. It's the highest we've seen since the market correction. However, um, we are seeing inventory rise. We're seeing, um, you know, days on market um, increase, and we're kind of seeing a, a little bit of a a slowdown um, in the market, which is not a bad thing. It just sometimes feels like it. Sure. So specific to what you're talking about, the information you're bringing with you today, we see that in April for uh, single family homes in Palm Beach County, uh, 307,000 was the average, uh, the median sales price. That's an increase of 3.6% year over year. And as you pointed out, that's actually the highest level for any given month since prior to uh, the housing crisis. So uh, this is actually a very strong number. And now the 3.6, kind of to your point, if we go back over the past year, that is the uh, slowest increase we have seen actually since July of last year. So on one hand, you might go, oh, you know, the overall rate of growth is slowing down. Uh, you know, my comment to you on that is is that I want to see it because of the very thing you talked about, affordability. The last thing I want to see, even though it feels good to uh, own a home and and see it appreciating at a uh, very rapid rate, the last thing I want is the market to get overheated again locally and then have to correct. With growth like this, 3.6%, one, it's natural because as prices head higher, without the mortgages that are getting creative to get people into a home they can't afford, which isn't happening anymore, this means that 
the prices are making sense relative to the increases that we're seeing. They are, and the market needs to um, absolutely make sense to the consumer, uh, to the economic structure. We don't have stated income anymore, right. uh, thankfully. Yes. We were just discussing that. And by not having stated income, people have to be able to afford the homes. Um, they can't just walk in and say they make whatever they need in order to get the numbers to work. So, um, you know, certainly um, the good news is that the distressed market is starting to really clear out. Um, it just continues to diminish month after month. Um, our short sale market is almost non-existent at this point. There were only 34 closings in the entire county. Um, that's down 50% uh, from last year. And then when you look at uh, foreclosures, those are down 51% too. So that's all good news because those buyers that were purchasing those minus the investors, they are forced to the normal traditional seller, um, which um, is one of the reasons why the prices are inching up. We're removing those from the market. And this had been one of the themes that we talked about early this year, that as we were seeing this trend of distressed property, the pipeline almost come to its conclusion here in terms of, you know, there being an overabundance of distressed properties versus what's normal. Ultimately, that will have an impact on heavily um, distressed neighborhoods previously, the neighborhoods that often had not been participating in the housing recovery over the past three to four years. Yes, it, you know, we have a few neighborhoods that are still about to bounce. And so if you're looking to buy and you're still looking for a deal, there are those uh, areas and those communities where um, because of the the trailing foreclosures or the short sales in the market that those haven't seen that kind of big bounce and they're it's coming you know every community will have that big bounce it's just a matter of did it happen early or is it going is it going to be happening soon so if you look at a neighborhood and there's a lot of distress still in the community then it hasn't most likely had the bounce yet because it's not like we're going backwards right you know we're not going and saying oh there's a bunch of new foreclosures right now. This just old inventory that really needed to be cleaned out. Sure. And so you could end up benefiting, and, and this could be an opportunity, something we've talked about, move up buying. So for example, if you're in one of these neighborhoods that had been negatively impacted and your home value had been uh, suppressed as a result, well, now if you suddenly are bouncing and uh, you, you're seeing that your home is is participating in the real estate recovery, this might give you that opportunity to go ahead and move up buy. Because I know what you had said previously is that the more affordable homes are doing better while often those on the upper end are struggling. Yes, we're seeing um, the opportunity for somebody who's under four to sell and be most likely in a seller's market and move up into that next price range. And if you can move up into the six range, so if you're in the mid fours and move to the 600,000, you very well may be in a buyer's market. Um, And the buyer's market doesn't mean you're going to get the steals and deals necessarily. You're going to have more choices, which is a really great thing. Remember a year, year and a half, two years ago, there were no choices. A house came on, there was going to be multiple offers. Odds are um, the luxury market really led the recovery. Mm -hmm, Um, And we saw the luxury market come back faster. And so, um, you know, if you wanted a a property, you were going to um, 
definitely going to be up against other people. Probably you weren't paying market value, you were maybe even overpaying a little bit. So now there's choices, there's options. Um, you're not just basically having that one or two and then having to wait for another group of properties to come on with the same thing over and over. So it is a great time to be a buyer. And I will tell you that prices are still rising. And so that's the thing that, you know, yes, inventory is rising, but prices are too. So um, it is a great time to be a buyer this summer, this season. Um, you know, it just take that opportunity. So to your point on the dichotomy based upon price, single family homes, the information you brought, every single price under 300000 saw a decrease in inventory meaningful year over year. For example, uh, 250 to 300,000, about 7% fewer homes uh, on the market than a year ago. Uh, 8% when you go down from there, all the way to uh, you know the, the high 20% range by the time you talk about super affordable properties at 100 to 150. So in all those areas, you have ultimately now much less competition if you're looking to sell your home than you did a year ago. However, by the time you get above 300,000, but especially as you pointed out, 600,000. Well, now we're seeing inventory that's 20% plus greater than it was a year ago. So that those are the ways you can take advantage of it. Supply and demand benefits you on the lower uh, price scale right now. And the options that are available to you are going to create more of a buyer's market with that, that upper end market. Yeah, if you're looking, um, if you're looking for the deal right now or the opportunity right now, it's really in that um, kind of start of the luxury market. That six hundred thousand is really the opportunity. And um, once again, we're not seeing people overreacting. Most of them just understand it's going to take a little bit longer to sell. Uh, and yet, once again, it's the fact that you're not going to be forced to overpay because a year and a half ago in, the, in this price range, you were probably overpaying the market. Really? So what is it that you're seeing that's changing? Is it economic in nature with a lot of the Canadians and, and perhaps uh, some of the foreigners that are uh, not participating? Or is it just that uh, you know, the inventory has increased enough on the upper end that there's a languishing market. I, I think it's an inventory increase. Um, there's still buyers buying. Okay. You know, we're not seeing that the buyers are going away, right? I mean, yeah. that would be a concern. We've just seen that there are many more properties coming onto market in that area than those that are being sold. It's something you've been talking about for a long time. And that often happens when people have felt, you know, stuck or or whatever, and then they they it, they start seeing the homes around them selling. And then, you know, with every new property, there's usually two or three that come on the market. That's just normal. Um, so it's, it's not unexpected that inventory will grow. Um, it's a lot of those people that were waiting now to say, okay, I want to get on with my life. And so it's, it's completely normal. It's just, it's the, the byproduct as it impacts stays on market. And when buyers have more choices, they often take longer to make decisions. Okay. And that's part of the challenge is that when there's a shortage of inventory, they come and they look and they might make the offer before they leave the house because they understand wow. the market. And yet when the they see the inventory they almost are like they kind of get in a well, what else is coming on the market okay right and yeah. so that's that's what happens and that impact stays on market so the one other thing that has changed a little bit since we last talked is with regard to the potential for interest rates to increase once again. We know that we'd gone through this uh, period of uncertainty the Fed raised rates in December and then 
they've set on their hands. And something that was real anomalous occurred, which is even though the Fed raised interest rates in December, uh, throughout May, we've seen the lowest mortgage rates that we've had since uh, three years ago at this time, and within uh, two to three tenths of a percent at the lows in this May of what we had ever seen. Right. However, now the Federal Reserve is indicating, hey, you know, some of the economic information here might necessitate us raising interest rates again. And you're already seeing it. For example, when you see, for folks who follow commodities markets like gold and silver, and everybody, when you go to the gas pump, people always think that there's some underlying factor that has to do with production or whatever else. Supply and demand certainly plays a role. But I think the one thing that a lot of people might miss in the front end is that the value of our currency is always the first influence over all of those commodity prices. And what we're actually seeing is that the dollar uh, and its value relative to a lot of the world currencies is showing strength in a way that would indicate that maybe the economy is a little bit better than the Federal Reserve had thought previously. And if that holds and they raise interest rates, you know, now we could be talking about a scenario where mortgage rates are are going to head higher in the second half of this year. You know, it it's there is no reason if I were looking to to make a move that I wouldn't be making a move right now. Okay. Um, I think people need to, and a lot of people are kind of watching with um, the economy and the election and just, they're just kind of in wait mode. And this often happens before an election. Yes. People kind of stop. Anytime there's uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. They just stop and they want to watch and wait. And yet, you know, many times if you do the opposite of what everybody else is doing, um, you benefit. Sure. You know, I, I call it the Warren Buffett rule. Yeah. Um, you know, do the exact opposite of everybody else, and, and it usually works. And so if you're looking, as you've always said, if you're looking um, for a home, we're not talking about investments. Right. It's a totally different conversation. But if you're looking for a home, and you're going to be in that home three to five years, um, and you can afford the move up by, do it. Yeah. You know, rates are awesome. It's just affordability. When we do always do the affordability studies of how affordable housing is compared to other things we consume and go back and compare it over the years, it's just amazing. Even though our prices may be higher, how affordable real estate still is as far as sure. housing as our, as our homes. Um, if you have cash um, looking and saying either upgrade your current home with that cash or look at investments. Um, now, investments are harder; are getting harder and harder to find. I was going to ask you about that. Where is the opportunity on the investment side? Well, I think that kind of the sweet spot are, um, and most people want less expensive, at least when they first start getting into investments. Sure. Um, but kind of the sweet spot, if you can find a 275 to 350 house. Okay. Um, a, a, a single family home um, in an area like, Wellington, for example, would be a really great option if you find a house there without HOA because they still maintain, they have the protection of the village um, and the, you know, of everybody keeping it nice. Um, that's You a, don't have to sell me on not having an <laughs> HOA. Yeah, I know. You don't, you're not a fan <laughs> of the HOA. And, and of course, that just keeps affordability down, right, uh, of, of the investor. Sure. And so um, something like that would be a really good option especially if you're if you're you know renting it holding it more long term for future appreciation allowing the tenant to help pay down 
the mortgage if you have it. But a lot of people have that kind of cash. And like I said, they're calling me going to buy three or four smaller, less expensive. Um, those are really hard to find. Lots of competition for those. Oh, lots of competition. Um, and I would say you have to be really careful to buy and flip. Um, you know, I always kind of watch when the seminars start coming back, right? Um <laughs> I'm sure there's some great information. That caught your attention too, huh? Yeah. So when the buy and flip <laughs> seminars start coming back, you have to you have to know what you're doing with that stuff. Come on, they really <laughs> want everybody to make all that money. Yeah, and I think it's great. And yet, there's a lot of people that lose a lot. So yeah. you have to know what you're doing um, with the buy and flip. It sounds so simple. We just went through a, a simple, a simple bathroom and kitchen update, and it literally drove us crazy and i said to steve i'm this for you and your home for, right? for me for us in our home simple. a personal choice yeah simple i think that's a relative statement but anyway <laughs> and i said to steve if this had been an investment we would have lost our shirt yeah because you know they missed deadlines and you know all the normal stuff that goes on sure. so um on tv they take this long process and wrap it up in a half an hour. We watch it every day at True Group on for lunchtime. We turn on HGTV. And they all seemingly always make money, they right? They do, and and it all works out. And even with all the surprises, yeah. and it looks so simple because it's a half an hour show, maybe an hour show, depending on the version. And it's like, yeah, that didn't take a half an a half an hour, right. and you saw the very edited version. So, you know. Like I said, if you're looking to invest, I think that's a great strategy. Now, you don't want to over leverage it. It has to cash flow. You have to be able to put enough down or preferably pay cash for it to make it work. But this is something that you'll assist with there, right? Because if somebody is interested in investing, you, you know, if we come to you and say, hey, here's what we're thinking about, you can guide us down the path, say yay, nay, and, and potentially identify properties, right? We can absolutely um, help you. And one of the things we'll do is have you come in and sit down with us. And one of the we'll kind of start backwards. What is your exit strategy? Yeah. Because what you buy depends on what your exit strategy is. Amen. Right? So we're going to start there and yeah. work our way back. And if you say, look, I'm looking to buy and flip. Okay, great. Completely different conversation than if you say, look, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. And this is my kid's college fund. Yes. Right? Yes. And I'm going to hold this. My, I just have a, ba a baby and we're going to hold this for 20 years, yep. 18 years. Great. Different strategy, right? Yep. I'm going to hold it for five years. We want to know, you've got to know how you're going into it. Even if you're buying your first home, here's the other, the other time you need to know your exit strategy more than any other time is when you buy your first home or condo or townhome, whatever your first uh, product is, you need to know your exit strategy out of that. Are you going to buy it and rent it? down the road after you when you move your to, into your next home sure. are you going to sell it what is your plan mm -hmm. because it also impacts what you buy um we uh, our kids have both purchased with two different exit strategies and the reality is um the one who said i'm going to hold it f for long term m has realized maybe there's better investment options and she may not do that and okay. so it's okay to change it but i think you need to have a strategy going in i think strategy is everything yes and um, we have made some really great business decisions and business hires and additions because of strategy. We want to be able to do more strategy, more um, helping our clients do more strategy, and because I do believe strategy matters. 
Great information on today's show. So whatever your interest is, buying, selling questions, seven days a week, Truth can help. 561-972-8326. 561-972-8326. And again, if you're not there right now, we'll go to truerealestate911.com.